And welcome everyone to Small Biz Matters. You are live in the studio here on Triple H 100.1 FM with a very special guest. And of course, myself, Alexi Boyd, your small business advocate, passionate about all things admin and all the important things that we love to educate our small business listeners with. Today's guest I am super excited about. He's, uh, I'm going to say I've got stars in my eyes a little bit and I'm sure anybody who is um, well known and well networked in the small business community is exactly the same. Sitting across from me is Rob. Robert Gerrish, who is most well known for his work with Flying Solo, probably the pioneering website and forum page of its time. And I know from my experience working as a small business and having small business in the family, we relied on this website pretty heavily to talk about, um, well, everything that mattered to small business back then, all of the questions, the problems, the issues, and the support that, that we all needed as small businesses. So I'd like to welcome Robert to the program. Thank you very much for coming in today. Oh, thank you, Alexa. Anybody who says they're passionate about all things admin gets my attention. <laughs> Even if it's just incredibly boring as a subject. <laughs> but but it is. It's. Um, I think that's one of the things that I've always loved about Flying Solo is that um, you haven't really had a specific focus when it came to supporting. It was almost a wild beast that you let free and then you just went and saw what happened. And, and look, how many subscribers mm. are there on that at this stage or yeah. even at, at well, time. I'm just still trying to get my head around the wild beast. I think you're probably pretty accurate, actually. <laughs> it was certainly um, somewhat accidental, um, the way it grew. But in terms of subscribers, I think membership is, if it hasn't hit, it's about to hit, like this very week, 120,000 Australian small businesses. Um, and then a number. Then there's a, a, lots of other sort of measures of numbers you know, sub, uh, email subscribers are about 40,000, I think, and then mm. Facebook about the same again. Um, but, yeah, so it, it's it's certainly, um, you know, it's it's got the attention of a number of people. And But, you know, let's not forget that over 70% of Australian small businesses are one-person businesses. So, you know, the way I've always thought about it is that's that's got to be around 2 million people. Mm. So, you know, we've still got a long way to go. <laughs> to touch everybody but um it's it's very nice to hear what what you said and and certainly all day every day there are people on there communing and chatting and supporting each other which is just you know it's wonderful and also that it's happened so organically so how did mm. how did it begin where did the concept come from because it is quite honestly it, it, everybody's heard of it who is in the mm. small business community they're aware of it they're probably a member they're they're listening and they're, they're yeah. actively participating in the forum where did the idea come from and, well, and how long ago was it that it began oh, how long have we got <laughs> Look, basically how it, so just i'll give you i'll try and keep this brief mm-hmm. right because i i do I, people ask me about myself. But it's and, fascinating. What, what, what I think you need to recognise, mm-hmm. I mean, just tell you how to recognise, yeah. but, uh, but it, is, it, is a, it is a powerhouse because it was so, um, I think it was real pioneer of its yes. field. There are a lot of places now where people can go for support, mm. both in government run yes. and otherwise. Yep. A lot of advocacy groups and people like me who jump up and down for small business. Yep. But well before any of that was happening, even though we had the small business community mm. that we did, this started. Yeah. Okay. Well, let, I'll, that's lovely. Again, I'll, I'll give you the snapshot. Then I'll try and give you the condensed version. So my background is really in marketing. So I work within a small marketing company in the UK in London, a business that we grew and and you know did okay with. So I came to Australia as part of a midlife adventure. I refuse to call it a crisis, but <laughs> <laughs> it was nudging on a crisis. Um, but I came here in search of um, of living and working in a, in a better way way you know I was I was 
working too hard, quite stressed working in a reasonably biggest job, albeit a small business um, in London, and I wanted a change. I knew I wanted a change. My father had uh, quite recently died. My mother was not well. So I thought, you know, there's got to be a better way to live than this. And so I took a year out to go traveling and... um, and, you know, lucky that I was able to do that. I arrived in Australia, and the second I got off the plane, I thought, hello, well, this is rather nice. And um, and I had a couple of good friends here. And anyway, to cut a long story short, I managed to um, s- sort of smooth talk my way into a job here with a, with a big design group in Sydney. And uh, I stayed there for a little while, for about a year, but um, I-, I knew I wanted to do something different. By then, I'd met my now wife, Jane, and we both decided, you know, getting together, sort of, you know, we were both in our 40s. We wanted to start a family, wanted to get things moving. Um, so I decided, right, well, I'm going to design a lifestyle business. And by that, I mean a business where I can work how I want to work, where I want to work, with who I want to work. I noticed you didn't use that fabulous phrase, work-life balance. Yeah, no, yeah, no, 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 It's so old. No, no I mean, I, look, I, I adore my work. Uh, and I'm very fortunate in that sense. So I I wanted to work in a different way though and I wanted to be around for our young child so our son was born in 2000 so I worked from a shed in the in the garden and I was initially working as a consultant for small creative businesses so that was sort of my background you know I kind of that's what I've been doing uh, within the uh, over in the UK so I started doing that and um, at a dinner party one night, I met a guy who said, have you heard of this thing called coaching? This was in actually in about 1999, I think this was. And I hadn't heard of coaching, but I, I looked into it sort of that night um, and saw that there was one organization, an American company, that were coming to Australia three weeks later to actually do their first ever coach training outside of the US. Mm. I thought, well, you know, serendipity, I better do that. So I went through that. And to cut a long story short, that allowed me fairly quickly to uh, work in a different way. You know, very early days of coaching. They were the first people doing it in Australia, I believe, at that time. And I started really enjoying it. I was thinking, okay, so I can actually reach more people. I can do more work rather than being a consultant where you'd kind of leave uh, but then kind of leave with the feeling that whatever you're doing is is all going to fall apart a few weeks later. Mm. Whereas coaching was very much more about in helping and empowering the individual to make the changes themselves. So mm-hmm. I found it a really satisfying way of working. And um, at that time, uh, ABC were doing a Four Corners show on new work practices. Mm-hmm. And through a lovely twist of fate, um, they found me and uh, they they wanted to do a bit of a profile on this new thing called coaching. So one minute I was working in my little shed in the garden, the next minute I had a TV crew that were sort of filming me and following my clients. And again, to cut a long story short, my small business went bonkers. Mm-hmm. Suddenly my phone was ringing off the hook I was and I was working really much harder than I wanted to work. But I could tell, obviously, that I was onto something. You know, a lot of people wanted, were interested in coaching. So, so this went against what it was that you were trying to achieve, was it not? Kind you were of. Try- I was trying, I came here to be a bit quiet. Yes, and it all got a bit busy. <laughs> but, you know, again, being a marketing person, I wasn't going to say no to the ABC. Mm. So, um, but it got really, really busy. And um, and then, you know, I'll say I was, we had a newborn and he was a very hectic newborn. And uh, so I sat down one day with my wife and I said, you know what, I need to get back 
back in control here because this is just this is nuts. So I sat down with every with the files of everybody that I'd spoken to in the sort of month or so prior and realized that the people that I really enjoyed working with, the ones whose uh, I really resonated with and they resonated with me and were solo businesses, people working by themselves. And again, being a marketing person, I thought, okay, I'm onto something here. There's a niche here. These are people like me wanting to create uh, their own very small business and in most cases keep it very small. So uh, there was a new thing at that time called the internet that had sort of Intra-web. just... Interweb. that started to get a bit of traction. So I registered the name Flying Solo and I didn't really know what I was doing, but I just thought, well, I'll grab that name whilst I can. Um, you, and of then- course, came up with that name. I did, yes. And then I started, uh, I've always enjoyed writing and I, I uh, approached the Daily Telegraph and got a local, co- a regular column every week uh, under the name of Flying Solo. And then a whole lot of lovely things happened. Alan Unwin called me a, a few weeks later and said, would I write a book? And I said, sure, what should we call it? And they said, why don't we call it Flying Solo? So all these things just sort of happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and then through, uh, I partnered uh, with a lovely woman called Sam Leader, who was my business partner then for the next dozen years. And she worked with me on the book and we wrote the book. And at the end of it, uh, I was saying, look, you know, we work so well together. We're having so much fun. There's a new thing called portals. Why don't we start a portal? And she said, what's a portal? And I said, well, it's a place where we write stuff and other people might write stuff. And then who knows where it'll go? So that's what we did. And and that that is is what then sort of morphed into Flying Solo. May I ask you a quick question? It's, mm. it's always a, an interesting topic with the whole writing a book as an expert mm. versus beginning a business and the cart before the horse. Yes. If you had your time again, would you would you keep it in that order? Would you do your book first to present all of the things that you do, or in today's age, would you sort of let the let the flying solo beast mm. become an organic? Well, what question. order would you do it in? Because I think yeah. I think that a lot of people who are consultants and say, "Look, I've got mm. all this expertise that I want mm. to share," and then they get approached by the the book mm. writing networking yeah. groups, and then they go and, and they go write a book. But I often wonder if that is more helpful or more of a distraction. Mm. Um, and for you, obviously, it all fell into place quite nicely. Yes. But do you think in this day and age, just out of curiosity, with your experience as an author? Yeah, that's a good question. I'm not sure how to answer it, to be honest. I mean, I wouldn't change anything about, mm. about the way things happen. And, you know, I've, as, you, as you know, I've just written a second book. And um, what I, it's funny... I'm, I'm not sure if I can really answer your question, but I'll answer it by giving you an example. of. I was speaking to um, a guy recently, and he was saying, oh, I need to write a book, I need to write a book, but I just can't get started. I just, you know, and I said, how long have you been doing what you've been doing? And he's a, he's a consultant. He works with tradies mm-hmm. um, uh, as his sort of niche. And I said, how long have you been working with them? And he said, uh, oh, five or six years. I said, and have you blogged? Have you written emails to people? Have you had... He said, yes. I've, I said, well, then... In this office, I was in his office, I said, in this office, there is basically a book. <laughs> it's, we've just got to find it. Yeah. Um, and we just need to dig out all the bits. And that, you know, so many people, I think, when they cut, think about writing a book, they're there with a blank sheet of paper and it's daunting. Mm. Um, and that's, I don't approach it like that. And so 
to answer your question, I'm really happy with the way things went because by the time the publisher came to me, I was really in the flow of writing. Um, and I'd had a lot of responses from people, uh, from my articles in the paper and from various other things. So I knew I was starting to get a sense of the hot buttons, you know, and, and I, I didn't consider myself any kind of expert. And I still don't, to be honest. I, do, I get embarrassed by the whole f- notion of that. I just think I'm just working this out, mm. you know, and we all are. Mm. But, you know, I'd heard a lot of people, you know, saying certain things. I think, okay, well, that's interesting. You feel that. I feel that. And I did this and that worked for me. I wonder if it worked for you. So, you know, that's how I've always approached my writing is is it's always sort of, it's the round. I just, my job is to be the sort of custodian of it and pull it all together, knock it into some kind of order, and then hopefully flog it to somebody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Well, given that the, the Flying Solo um, forum page, if, mm. I, if I want to call it that, yeah. began yeah. Um, quite sort of... Uh, 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 Accidentally. <laughs> For want of a better word. Uh, How did it grow so exponentially? Because you didn't have the Facebook back then. You didn't have the way of promoting it on a social media platform. How did it grow? Okay, I could could spin this to make it sound like it was a really well-thought-through strategy, but it wasn't. Basically, the reason our forums, and that's a large, that's kind of the heart of Flying Solo. Well, it is. It's a very important part, yeah. Now, most forums don't get traction particularly these days because of facebook and you know if, if i could i'd pull facebook's plug out of the wall and shut it down tomorrow but anyway that's a personal thing i mm-hmm. won't do that mm-hmm. um but when we started our forum which is in 2008 we had actually been working you know, running online um as a publisher for three years by then and what we noticed were people were trying to commune with each other, but at that stage they were doing it through article comments and it was really clunky and messy. Mm. So we knew we needed to do something about this. And as you rightly say, it was before Facebook. So we started looking at forum software and all of that kind of stuff. But we were really slow. And we pride ourselves, well, I shouldn't say now because it's not it's no longer under my ownership, so maybe they, they now wouldn't say this, but I always prided is that the right word prided yeah (laughs) i was very happy (laughs) that we did things slowly Uh. and we launched our forums really slowly so we wanted to get it right and we wanted to make sure we had the right software and we were worried that you know we were going to get swamped and that i was going to end up basically giving kind of free coaching all day Mm. every day or moderating the whole time yeah and none of those things turned out to be problems but so by the time we opened the doors there were so many people itching to get in, it just went crazy. So it's, you know, not so long ago, a couple of years ago, actually, somebody likened our forums to a pub or a cafe, where, which is a lovely way to think of it. I like the sort of the pub analogy, where we are the, we are the, the landlords. So our job is to keep the tables clean, make sure the music's nice, keep the floor clean, uh, make sure people have comfortable chairs to sit in, uh, occasionally throw out rowdy people. You know, there's always someone who bursts through the door going, look at me, look at me. We're going, yes, thank you, on your way. You know, that's our job. We are the custodians of the community, but we don't lead the community. And that was a real revelation for me because I thought we were going to be having to answer all the questions, but absolutely not. The beautiful thing about small businesses small business owners is they just love helping each other so our job is just to let them do that you know Mm. and um, we have guidelines we have moderators but that's they're usually there just to make sure that 
conversation's nice and that if somebody, a spammer does come in or somebody who doesn't really get how to behave in these places which is quite common we just say mm, actually no we don't we don't do that you know it's you might think that what you've just invented is the best thing and you want to tell everybody but there's a bit of etiquette here and you know so that's the job of the moderators um but the forums are just the most rewarding beautiful it's a lovely place to spend some time absolutely and and i know that um they really wide they widely cover quite a number of topics that are mm, pertinent to small business do, yes. so what have been the most popular topics in in those forums yeah that's interesting um yeah they are they do they obviously cover a very broad cross-section we also have some guidelines you know we try not to get into politics we just we stick away from religion you know anything we do moderators work quite hard in those aspects yeah they do yeah (laughs) but you know we have really really well written guidelines Mm. um some of the main topics are, are usually about marketing. There's a lot about how to market, how to effectively find your audience and grow your audience. So you that know, desire is still there, that people still are hungry for that sort of knowledge. Oh, gosh, yes. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Um, then also handling overwhelm is, is quite a big issue. Mm-hmm. Lots of chatter about that. You know, mm-hmm. how do I do this? How do I do that? Um, finance is, is quite a big topic, you know, understanding the numbers side of things. But um, so the lovely thing is that that, that uh, any question you are you ask you're going to get some kind of answer you know sometimes you might not get the answer you want you know typically uh, we have people that will say hey i've designed a new website what do you think of it well hello sometimes what people think of it is not what you want them to think of it and what can happen in a forum is people can be quite blunt so you know you've got to be brave if you're going to go in and ask a question like what do you think of this just you know just be cautious because you'll get told mm. um but yeah any kind of questions a lot of a lot around admin trademarking you know you name it there's a question about it and i'm sure that as you mentioned before there's a lot of businesses who are very happy to share that knowledge yeah which is just just a wonderful uh, platform that has mm. grown as you said so organically and almost by accident but obviously with a little bit of i think i think there's other moderators who are maybe listening today who could probably learn a little bit mm. from the success that you've had in in channeling all of that. Yeah, energy. well, that's 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 very kind of you to say that. And I and I, I certainly look at it, and I think you know we've we uh, we wrote good li- good guidelines. Uh, we recruited very good moderators. Mm. And the thing is, what you do have, you know, it's ten years old now. The forums is you have a lot of people that consider it to be their place. Um, so in many ways, it's no longer our forums, you know, in the same way that when you're a regular in a pub or a cafe, after a while, it becomes your cafe, mm. you know, and you complain if think if they change the music or they redecorate or they employ someone you don't like, you know, mm. so, you know, we have, we're very cautious now, we, we, we look and we listen and, and we, you know, we, we've got certain measures and signals that we respond to. Um, but yeah, I say the, the the most wonderful thing is just the human nature and how people like to help each other. And I mean, aren't we lucky that we've built a business um, around that? You know, mm. where where basically um, it's the community helping each other. It's, it's and it's terrific. the human side, which I think is delightful. Mm. We're talking so much these days about AI and things taking yes. control and artificial intelligence being the ones who make determinations for us. But here we have a long-standing mm. community-based forum for small business that yes. is there to support one another. And that's got to be congratulated. Now, when we come back after the break here on Triple H 100.1 FM, I'd like you to tell us about uh, your experience with dealing with 
literally tens of thousands of mm. small business owners and what you think their main uh, pinch points are. Sure. And a little bit about your book as well, The One okay. Minute Commute. Yeah, of course. You're listening to Triple H 100.1 FM and Small Biz Matters with Alexi Boyd. We'll be back after this. So we are in the room today with um, a bit of a superstar of small business, Robert Gerrish, who is, of course, well known for his establishment of Flying Solo, um, which I think most of us would know that as a fantastic forum education wonderful resource for small businesses which has been running over 10 years just before the break he was telling us a little bit about the journey that he went on to set that up which has been fascinating you can of course catch up on smallbizmatters.com.au and our podcasts are now on itunes so let's talk a little bit today or now about your book the one minute commute where um i guess you do highlight the issues and and uh, any pinch points and product uh, problems that small businesses face particularly those home-based businesses because you mentioned at the beginning of the show that you really uh, connect with those guys because that's a little bit about your journey mm. yourself. What, what would you say are the main issues if someone was walking in the door and wanting to start a small business, what would you say to keep your eye out for? Yeah, okay. Well, that's a great question. Um, yeah, so, well, it's, uh, I guess in the one-minute commute, I do, I do, it's kind of everything I've learned and um and it's it's very much you know there's there's a great deal of um community sort of commentary through it so um I would say I I think I'm pretty well across the things that that keep people awake at night and there's not that many of them that are directly to do with establishing a business at home but there are some and 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 we'll we should come on to those but the the key sort of topics or the hot buttons finding clients and having enough revenue that is number one whether you're working from home or you're working from a a bricks and mortar building it's just having enough clients and enough income um it's a it's a constant because unfortunately what can often happen particularly if you're working in a very small business like a solo business is when you and a number of the or a large percentage actually of the flying solo people tend to be in professional services rather rather than shop fronts selling products so if you're in the kind of professional services business particularly and you're in pursuit of clients and then you get a client often what happens is you suddenly get really busy so what you do then is you stop all the things that you should be doing, like marketing and networking, communicating and all of those things, because you're servicing your client. And then that might run for two or three or four months and then that project finishes. And what happens then is that you, because you haven't been sowing any seeds and you haven't been doing any networking and marketing, the phone stops ringing, has mm. stopped ringing. Mm. And so that's what really feeds this whole peaks and troughs issue of small business is what we need to be doing as small businesses is is constant, regular, sowing seed kind of marketing. So that's something that we talk about on Flying Solo a great deal. It's something I talk about in the book a great deal. So that's kind of hot button number one, is, is getting enough clients and getting into the habit of marketing and promoting a little bit every day or at least every week. I just might jump in here and sure. say that Here's a really good opportunity to mm. use your bookkeeping to your advantage. Mm. If your marketing and your networking is something that you can see in a financial way, like even if it's just attending networking meetings once a month and you can see that little $45 hit in that account, in your chart of accounts, mm. and you notice on your sales that you've got those that little hit of 
you know, uh, networking and marketing, and then that drops off when you're busy, when your revenue goes up. Yeah. Look at them. See what the numbers yes. are doing. Yes. And then try and find a way <clears> to keep those that networking and marketing account constant. Yes. Because then you might find, you'll pick yourself, you'll pick yourself up and say, oh, last month I didn't have any, yeah. any network, network marketing and marketing costs. Am I going to see that impact in a couple of months' yeah, time? absolutely right. So use that sort of cyclical nature. Yeah, that's, look, that's a lovely idea. Mm. But frankly, Alexi, if we could, if we could get most of our small business listeners to look at the numbers a bit more often, <laughs> that would be great. But it doesn't float the boat no. for, a, for a lot of exactly, people. Exactly, exactly. Um, but yeah, so that's marketing is, is, is the key thing, I would say. The next sort of hot button uh, is basically is overwhelm. It's just having too much to do. Now, you know, in this day and age, we've got so much coming at us, so many things that seem to be urgent and important. Um, and there's no there's no struggle with keeping busy. You know, busy isn't a problem for most people. <laughs> it's just a constant. Yeah, but the question is, are we busy doing the things that we should be doing? Mm. And the answer is, unfortunately, often not. You know, if marketing is your most important thing, then what I say to people is, okay, have a look in your diary now and tell me how much time you've got mapped out, blocked out this week to spend on marketing. And often the response you'll get is, oh, well, I haven't got any time because I'm too busy. You know, so this is this is a real issue for for any of us that kind of work by ourselves is we have to prioritize we have to make sure we spend time doing the things that are most important to our business if we don't then we're going to be constantly overwhelmed and it, you know so overwhelm is an increasing issue for small business whether they work by themselves or with a number of people because there just seems to be so many things we need to do but if you take a step back and go actually what is it what are the most what are the three priorities for me today what should i be doing and what do i not need to be doing we don't have to be on facebook every two minutes we don't have to reply to every email the second it comes in we don't even have to answer the phone when it rings mm. you know there's mm. a thing called voicemail mm. so that's one of the key things i think to get overwhelm under control is being clear on what your priorities are what you need to be doing and then start to establish some boundaries and boundaries and overwhelm kind of lead to, you know, they kind of feed each other. And it's often a, a, an issue for people working from home that we don't establish boundaries, you know, particularly those of us that might have young kids at home. I mean, my young child is a big child now, but um, in a number of our community at Flying Solo do run a business alongside bringing up young children which is one of the most beautiful things about having your own home business, you can do that. However, you need to have some boundaries. You know, it, I remember when I set my first home office up, and this might sound a bit mean, but I put my door handles quite high on the door. <laughs> this is true. It's very practical. Yeah, so that I'm my three-year-old child couldn't open the door. So it was a kind of, it was a very physical signal that, oh, okay, dad's in there and he doesn't want me to get in there, uh, maybe that's a signal. you know. And it works, as mean as it was. Um, and we need to do those things. But unfortunately, what, what some businesses do is they don't establish any kind of boundaries. So people come and go, uh, you know, family members come and go, neighbours come and go. And basically, as a business, if we don't show that, hey, I'm working, this is me being serious, I'm working, I'm not messing around, I'm doing a block of work... If you don't demonstrate that to people, then we can't expect them to respect us in that way. Do you know what I mean? So mm. we have to set the right signals up. The other, sorry, I'm moving off the point, as I do. Um, the, the other point 
really with uh, the other big challenge for business is kind of getting the business model right. You know, is doing doing spending your time doing the right stuff. And so the, all you can see how all these things are related, really. If you're overwhelmed, if you're keeping yourself busy, then you're not focusing on your business model. If you're just too busy working with your clients, then you're not doing enough marketing. You know, so all of these things are interrelated. Uh, and they can all be sold a great deal by taking a step back, um, just reassessing, looking at what you're trying to do, where you're trying to go, what you're trying to achieve. Maybe hook up with a coach or with a buddy, somebody who can help you get some clarification around that and then set your plan. You know, that's that's one of the key things, I think. I want to come back to what you were saying there, uh, alluding to the notion of a business plan. Mm. Now, when businesses start out, we have a lot of people... Uh, saying, oh, I've got, to, I've got to do this. This is my absolute first thing. I've got to have this 15-page business yeah. plan. It's got to be set in stone. Yes, I understand it's a bit flexible, but um, this is what I do first. Mm. Now, what's your thinking on that? Is yes. it a cart before the horse issue? Yeah, look, I'm not a, I've never been, I've never written a business plan. Really? No. Uh, but you've written a couple of books, which is I've written a couple of books, which is quite process driven. Uh, yeah, but I would uh, look. I, I I have written what I consider to be a business plan. But uh, if there's any bank managers listening, none of them would be impressed by what I've written. Mm-hmm. But what I do and what I talk about again a great deal in in the one minute commute is, I believe that a business plan is meaningless if it doesn't connect with us in a kind of deep way. If it doesn't kind of get into our psyche into our heart really and the way to do that that I've certainly found that works is I concentrate much more on building a vision so I have a picture of where I'm going with my business and that's where I start and again it's, this is quite a there's quite a, a long process to do this but I'll talk about it um, succinctly if I can but the idea is you've got to have a picture of where you're going what do you want your business to look like how do you what do you want your life to look like how do you want to be spending your time but how can where, when can you do that because you right can't now. but can you do it at the beginning can yes. you you can visualize yes. that yes 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 even though there might be gaps and that's an important point it's a good point you raised because when i did my first vision was when i was in my shed in my garden and i had i had elements of my vision that were clear i knew i wanted to work in my funky little shed in the garden i knew i wanted to be speaking on the phone to people and talking to people i knew i wanted to be writing but what i didn't know is exactly what i was doing which you would say was quite a big gap Mm. but by having some elements really pictured like i want an office i want to work with nice people i want to do sort of creative stuff i want to chat to some of them on the phone i don't mind traveling but i don't want to travel too much so i put down all the bits that i knew and once you've got some of those pieces then little by little it's like oh okay so there's a thing called coaching oh i'll have a look at that and oh okay that person wants to talk to me i'll go and talk to them and it pieces together but if you don't start with something, with your outline, even if there's gaps in it, then it's never going to happen. Um, so that's, that's the way I've always done it. And as I move into this next phase of my life where I've sold my business, I've just written a new book, I've got some time because I'm no longer involved in my business day to day. So I'm building another vision now. And I've got, you know, with with my wife, our son is just about to leave school. So, you know, we're at that stage of life. So it's a new vision. And again, there are gaps. So what that means is I'm being, 
I'm not going to talk about me too much, but I'm being quite experimental with some of the things I'm doing. I'm having a little, you know, I've started a new podcast and I'm not sure where that's going, but mm. I don't care. Mm. I'm just going to keep having fun with it and see where it ends up. So a vision is, I'm, I'm going off on a tangent again, but so having a vision, I think, is at the core of it. When you've got a vision and you say, okay, if this is where I want to go, what are the steps I need to take to mm. get there? So that's the closest I've ever got to a plan is, is having a vision, turning it into steps. And then I just start on the journey and then things morph, things change, things evolve. It's a living, breathing plan that excites me. And I, I, this is what I, I quite quite love the way you've, you've expressed that because... It comes under the notion of being kind to yourself. Mm. And we are so good as small businesses to put ourselves under so much pressure. Mm. It's not just our family and the local community we're in and expected to be busy and expected to do 100 things, but we ourselves have high expectations of ourselves and our business. And perhaps understanding that meeting goals is not the end of the world mm. and, and making X number of phone calls is not going, your world's not going to fall apart. But as you said, filling in the gaps is also fine yep. but really holding on to those things that are important yes. and try not to deviate from them and and don't don't say that those things that are important are, are necessary so for some people it is numbers it is targets mm. but by the same token for some people it is about what that lifestyle will bring and what you're trying to do when it comes to serving your family and the people around yeah. you as well as yourself Look, that's so true and it's like interestingly at the moment for me i my my vision um, a key element of it is that I want to talk and spend more time with creative people. So I've been I've been sort of skirting around the creative industries most of my life. My wife's an artist. So I'm spending my time at the moment talking to creative people. So I'm doing it through my podcast, my Mellow Brick Road podcast. But just anywhere, anytime, place, I listen and talk to creative people. Now, what's happening for me is I'm realizing, ah, okay, creative people have very similar challenges in their creative enterprises. So I'm already starting to think, hmm, he thinks there's a book here somewhere. You know, there's a book about building a creative business Mm. and and the unique kind of challenges of, of working creatively when you've also got to do some admin and some bookkeeping and some marketing and some networking and all those things that to some people don't sound at all creative. So... It, you know that's that's where my vision is now is i'm just i'm i think of myself as like an investigative journalist that's how i use my vision so i go okay i'm going to find out more about that how do i find out more i go and talk to people i meet people i listen to things i watch things you know and that's how a plan comes the other key part and again i talk about it at some length in the book is visualizing that vision so literally turning it into something that sits on the wall of my office that has images and things on which which kind of visually articulate what i'm thinking about and where i want to go so every day i walk in i look at it and i go i'm not quite sure how the hell i'm going to get there but that's how i want to be i want to work like that i want to be able to travel around i want to be able to spend more time doing this spend more time doing that that's how a for me, how a plan really connects and resonates. Mm. And then it helps you make a decision. It's like, no, why would I do that? Because that's not going to take me where I want to go, so that's I right. won't do that. Mm. And, and, and that sort of deviation, like you said, with, with the social media and mm. using your time effectively, mm. it's not necessarily about beating yourself over the head with how much time and no. statistics, but 
is this going to help you meet your yeah, goal? Absolutely. No, if, whether it's a short term or a long term goal. Yes, yes. We're going to take a quick break here on Triple H and come back after these community service announcements. And uh, Robert's going to share with us his idea of the concept of a portfolio business. We'll be listening to Triple H. We'll be back after this. And welcome back to the studio with Small Biz Matters and Alexi Boyd. We are here with Robert Gerrish talking about his life's journey. His, uh, where he's at now, the books that he's written, and of course the inspiration that he's given to many, many small business owners through his enterprise, which was Flying Solo. Just before the break, we were talking a little bit about the main uh, concerns and issues facing small businesses, not necessarily at the startup phase, but throughout our, our financial, uh, sorry, our small business journey. But I'd like to talk to you a little bit about um, this this concept of portfolio business and and how you fill your days uh, with um, things that that keep you passionate because I think when when we've been in business for a while you can get a little bit, it can get a little bit stale mm. and we search for things that give us a little bit more I guess uh, get those creative juices flowing and, and keep us interested in what we're doing rather than the same old same old how do you find that? How do you tap mm. into that sort of passion once again when you've been driving a ship for so long? Yeah, okay. Well, that's, that's a great question. Um, I'll just sort of backtrack a bit because you, you mentioned there that it, it's something that, um, you know, that can I- impact people. How do we keep the passion? How do we stay excited? And it's interesting. One of the... Um, if, I, if someone comes to me, as, as they do on a fairly regular basis, saying they're just either a bit burnt out or a bit fed up or a bit bored uh the first question i ask them is where do you get your energy and often the response you get is well i don't have any energy you know (laughs) i said okay well let's go back to a time when you did when you had when you were more energetic and had a greater zest for life and work what was going on then? And that opens the floodgates because then you'll get people saying, oh, oh when I really loved it, it was when I used to meet up with a bunch of mates every couple of weeks. I'd play five-a-side soccer. I'd take my wife out to dinner every fortnight. I'd go, um, you know, roller blading with my son. I'd All these things start happening. All these start, And I say, okay, so why did that, why have these things stopped? They go, oh, because I got, yeah, I got really busy. You got too busy, so the I stopped word. doing that. Yeah, and so that's that's really is the starting point. I think of 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 staying uh, in a business or keeping a business enjoyable is making sure that you respect and do those things that give you the energy, and and not don't stop them. I mean, it, so when I talk about, I'll, I'll come back to portfolio business in a moment, but when. When I look at my working week, and I won't, I won't sort of whistle on about my working week too much, but I know the things I need to do to be a decent person, a nice partner, a good dad, and a happy business owner. I know what I need to do. I need to go for long, lots of long walks. I need to drink a bloody good cup of coffee every now and again (laughs) i need to spend time with jane i need to spend time with my son i need to go and aimlessly wander around junk shops um i just have to do these things and if i don't do these things then i start to become an unhappy bunny so in my diary i have those things they're blocked out i need to go for long lots of long walks i need to drink a bloody good cup of coffee every now and again (laughs) i need to spend time with jane i need to spend time with my son i need to go and aimlessly wander around junk shops um i just have to do these things and if i don't do these things then i start to become an unhappy bunny so 
in my diary, I have those things. They're blocked out. So I do them. And it's like the expression that I particularly love is treating your business like your best client. And we don't do that in business. We treat, when, when a good client comes along, we, our, our own business goes out the window. Now, I think we need to treat our own business and our own life like our best client. And what that means is that should take priority. If to be a nice happy bunny, you need to go for a walk and go and sit in a cafe first thing in the morning or two mornings a week and have a chin wag with some mates, then do it and make sure it's in your diary and don't stop doing it. If going out for a night with your mates once a few weeks is important, then do that. If you're taking your partner out, do that. You know, we but we need to have these things blocked in our diary mm. and then fit our work around it, not the other way around. What off you know, balance isn't something you do at the weekend. Balance should be in every day. You know, we should have balance in our work. If we work if we have making this big brave choice to work in our own business, for goodness sake, let's do it the way we want to do it you know and so with a portfolio business just to come back to that so i get bored if i do the same stuff too much and who doesn't frankly who doesn't you know you're alexi you're unique you get excited by admin (laughs) (laughs) but i know because we had a little chat off air that you also have a portfolio business you get involved in a lot of things and I do too in my business. So I've got things that I know I need to do to keep food on the table. So they're, again, sort of compartmentalised. But I'm also discovering things. Like I've got this little idea for a new little creative business that will probably not make me any money. It'll probably never see the light of day. But who gives a damn? I'm finding out about it. It's to do with restoring some old cameras, which is just ridiculous. Yeah, Oh, it sounds fabulous. It's it's fabulous to me because I don't know anything about it. So... I'm researching, I'm rummaging around in places, I'm talking to people, I'm thinking about packaging and marketing, and and it'll probably never happen. But it doesn't matter because I'm learning, you know, I'm finding new things. So in that's my view of a portfolio business is I've got stuff that I need to do, stuff that I, you know, kind of have to do, and then I've got things that I just... I'm interested in it's that investigative journalist thing again I'm fiddling around with things and they'll probably never happen you know I've started say recently a new podcast when I started it I thought it was going to be a podcast for one particular audience I've realized that actually no it's that's not the audience I want I want this audience so I'm moving it Mm. and moving it around and that's what I think of as a portfolio business is and I I also you know I have a, a a bit of a weakness with chairs there's a particular Sorry. It's just <laughs> so, a random cameras. No. Chairs. Yeah, no, I have a particular... <laughs> we, uh, there's a particular chair, a Herman Miller chair. Right. That's designed by Charles and Ray Eames in the 1930s. And, and I love this chair. You know, I need to go and talk to a psych probably about <laughs> it, but I love this chair. So I have a hobby where I buy and sell these chairs. And, and, and I've never really earned much money out of it. But who cares? I like the chase. I like the pursuit of a chair. When I get one, I like to, you know, make it look beautiful. I like to photograph it. I like to write descriptions. These are all useful things in business. You know, I learn about my market. I learn about how I, how to describe things. I know how to write it in a way. And I just love that whole thing. So I go through this process. So that's part of my portfolio is, you know, maybe two or three chairs a month that I'll buy and sell 
and I have fun with it. And my wife sees me in my office giggling and smiling. And, you know, how bad's that? that? My son sees me tinkering around with things and... You know, again, that's not a bad thing for him to see. I enjoy my work. But if I just did one aspect of my work, I'd be bored. Mm. So I don't. You know, I make sure that, and that, to my mind, is what a portfolio business is. Is no one, no one's watching us. It's our own businesses. We can do what we want. <laughs> don't tell anyone. No. But, but coming back to that, actually, I love that you are proudly and loudly saying, yeah, this is something I'm passionate about. I'm really excited about researching it might not make me any money, mm. might not even happen. And that, I think, is is under that overwhelm factor. We, we put, again, that pressure on ourselves when we're talking about our business. We're supposed to be talking how successful we are and how happy we are and, and how much we mm. love what we do. It's okay, it's a sort of a, in that mental health space, it's okay to say, yeah, I'm tinkering with this idea and mm. I, I often have ideas myself and I say, oh, I better not tell anyone because it's not ready to go to market. I've yeah. actually literally said to myself, go to market. When I'm talking about something so tiny, weeny and little, yeah. why do I have to set up a marketing strategy yeah. before I launch a concept? It doesn't matter to put it out there. No. And I think that that's lovely that, again, compartmentalizing that as being as important an aspect of your business mm. as the numbers and the success of your mm. of your bottom line business. This is just as important, not only for your mental health, but just for the people around you. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's your work life balance yeah. right there. We've yeah, just solved so. it <laughs> without using that work life balance expression. Yeah. It's the compartmentalizing of your life to balance it out. Yeah, and it, you know the funny thing happened. Um, a little bit reminiscent of that of that thing with the ABC that sort of started everything is that um, because of this work that I do with, with chairs, uh, where I've really over the years not only have I do I know you know an unhealthy amount about that particular <laughs> chair, but I know how to photograph them. I know how to do sort of basic restoration. I know all these sort. Of, I know how to describe them. All of these I've experimented with all that stuff. Um, and it's interesting when I was at Flying Cellar, we got a, a, a an email. That, came through that you know as as they do from the producers of the living room that tv show mm -hmm. on channel 10 i think and they wanted they said can you help us we need we need an expert to talk about selling stuff online on ebay because we're clearing out someone's house and they've got all this antiques uh sort of you know arty stuff and i looked at it and i thought normally we'd forward that on to someone i thought i can do that so and I, ask, is there a chair <laughs> yeah no i just i just said yeah, actually, I'll do that. And um, so it was great. So I had a little TV slot and suddenly overnight I've positioned myself or I've been positioned as some eBay expert, which I'm not. But um, it doesn't matter. I had a... You had fun. I had fun. Yeah, and, 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 and things good. happening accidentally and in yeah. or, or that organic way. Maybe it leads you down a path that you follow. Maybe it doesn't. Yep. Uh, maybe you suddenly become an expert in something... Mm. You hadn't I anticipated. Got me out of the office for a day. It was great. <laughs> That's exactly right. Look, I'd like to thank you very much for coming on the program today. Tell us a little bit about your book, which is uh, launching and how people can find out more information. Okay, sure. Well, it's called The One Minute Commute. And the idea is that it's a commute from your kitchen to your third bedroom or wherever. Um, it's published by Pam McMillan. It's in all good bookshops. Yes, there are still bookshops. Um, so you can grab it there. They, you can also buy it online at uh, Amazon and Booktopia. And the, I'm recording a, an audio version actually next week, which will be out probably in a couple of months. Um, but yes, so it's called One Minute Commute. Um, have a look.
Indeed, and and one of those uh, fantastic books that would should be on all small business bookshelves. Thank you very nice. much for <laughs> thank you very much for coming to uh, Triple H one hundred point one FM. We've got another fabulous guest coming up next week as well to share their expertise. If you've missed any of today's show, you can of course catch up on Apple iTunes and wherever you get good podcasts, as well as the smallbizmatters.com.au website. And if you'd like to be a guest on the show, please get in touch. We'd love to hear about your expertise to share it with our listeners. You've been listening to Triple H 100.1 FM. My name is Alexi Boyd and we'll see you again next Tuesday for Small Biz Matters.